Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the second week of our Meta series, where we're looking at the Meta narrative of the scripture. And last week, we read our beginning story from Genesis, just the first part. And we answered the question of why, why is there so much beauty and goodness in the world? Well, the answer to that is the good God created a good world and placed in it good people to do good work. Well, this week, we look at part two of our beginning story. And we answer the question, why is there so much brokenness and ugliness in the world? And isn't that a question that we could especially ask at the moment with what's happening overseas? But first, I wonder, what is your favourite show on any streaming platform at the moment? Hands up out there if it's something dark, something to do with crime or espionage, you know, family dramas, murder, Jack Reacher. Why are we so fascinated by evil? Is there something in our DNA which, which sort of resonates with it? It's like we know deep down what we could be capable of in our darkest moments. I said last week that the beginning of our origin story says that we were made in the image of God and God is pure love. Our original DNA was goodness. But obviously, something has happened that has distorted and changed that DNA. Just how distorted are we all? Well, on a, on a scale of one to Chopper Reed, Chopper Reed's over here, you're here. How evil are you? Well, Chopper Reed was a, was a horrible gangster and a murderer. I'd, I'd probably put myself about here, you know. I'm nowhere near as bad as Chopper Reed. Let's change the scale. If we had Chopper Reed this end and Jesus this end, Chopper Reed here, Jesus here. Where would I sit on that scale? Honestly, I think I'd be a lot closer to Chopper Reed than Jesus. You know, we like to think that we are nice people, but when you start to examine not only your outward behavior, but your inner thoughts and motivations, Whoa, if that could be put up on a screen, all of us would die of shame. The beginning story of us and God continues into chapter 3 of Genesis, and it gives the answer to the question, why has so much gone bad? Now, we're going to read this, but remember, this is ancient literature. Allow the truth of the story to speak to you, and don't get sidetracked on whether or not this is a historical narrative. It's not important. 
The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, hmm, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking into, about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Isn't that one of the saddest stories you've ever heard in your life? 
Many people who read that story will differ in their opinion as to whether Adam and Eve are real people or is this a, a philosophical story about the way humanity is turned away from God. I tend to think the second, but I might get to heaven and Eve will come up to me and slap me and say, hey, girlfriend, what's this about you saying I didn't exist? But the central point is that it answers the question, what is wrong with the world? And the answer is me and you, us. It's about our sin ruining our relationship with God, with each other, and with the created world. Can I give you a side note for Bible nerds? God says to Adam and Eve that they can eat every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, the question is obvious. Why would God not want them to know the difference between good and evil? Isn't that what parents want for their kids? Well, the Hebrew word for knowledge has the nuance to determine. The real point seems to be that God does not want Adam to imagine that he is free to choose what is good and what is evil. That privilege belongs to God alone. Like, how equipped do you feel to be the judge of the whole world? That's a job that only God could do. The big sin here, the biggest one from which so many other problems flow, is pride. Now I said last week that one of the truths of the creation story is that we are not God. We owe our very breath to him. But mankind forgot that so quickly and believed they knew better than God. They wanted to chart their own course. Why rely on God to show us a way to flourish in this life? We can work it out for ourselves. And we have poisoned our DNA in the process. Everything that is truly important got broken. Firstly, our relationship with God is broken. You know, the first part of this story is so beautiful as we see the love that God has for us, his special creation. You know, man walks in the garden in the cool of the evening in total harmony with his maker. But by the end of the story, humanity is given what they want, which is freedom to do their own thing and then suffer the consequences of their actions. The truth is we cannot enjoy the gift of paradise without the giver of paradise. Secondly, our relationship with others is broken. At the beginning of our origin story, Adam and Eve were naked and, and not ashamed. It's this beautiful picture of true vulnerability and openness. But after they disobeyed God... They were blaming each other and hiding out from each other. And talk about generational consequences. The story goes on uh, with uh, what happened with their two sons, Cain and Abel. And one of them murders the other, the very first murder in the Bible. Thirdly, our bodies are broken because of our sin and our, the break in our relationship with God, 
we die, we decay. As we rebel against our Creator, we suffer sickness and disease. If that wasn't bad enough, the Bible talks about something even worse than physical death, and that is eternal death for those who rebel against the love of God. The one who created us with free will will grieve as we use our free will to reject God even into eternity. Have you ever imagined what it would be like to be unplugged from love forever. And fourthly, our world is broken. In this fall of man's story, the ground itself was cursed by what mankind had done. Nature itself is spoiled and continues to malfunction in so many ways. You know, we have a terminal illness and we can't fix it ourselves. We can do some self-help and think we are getting better, but we are in palliative care. Every major religion, apart from Christianity, has a belief that somehow, in some way, we can heal and restore ourselves. But are things getting better? Has increased wealth and greater knowledge and education really changed the human heart? The Bible tells us that we can't ultimately do anything to fix ourselves. We can try to be good, follow the rules for good living, but a plaster cast of rules on our heart won't cut it. We need a new heart. We need to be born again with new DNA, not the old one that we inherited from Adam. We need a total reboot with a new operating system. And only Jesus can do that. Now, with all this serious talk of sin and brokenness and separation from God, there is one little verse that makes me smile every time I read it. It comes just after the verses that we've read today in Genesis 3.21. And this verse shows us the true nature of God, a nature that never ever gives up on us, never stops pursuing us, never stops loving us. Genesis 3.21 says this, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So the context is Adam and Eve have just rebelled against everything God, God asked them to do. He, they have rejected his goodness and the perfection of paradise. And he has said to them, you need to leave you need to suffer the consequences of your own actions in, in order to understand the love that I have for you. And you can imagine they left with these little bits of sewn fig leaves trying to cover their, their shame. And instead of God just totally rejecting them and say, well, off you go, you know, you wanted your freedom, well, you've got it. Like a loving father, he continues to care for them by making clothing for them. That's our God.
our world is broken. And the church was born with a mandate to help heal that brokenness. And it must start with every one of us who love Jesus, a total reboot, a new operating system. I wonder whether we could pray for a moment. God, I want to pray for everyone who can hear my voice right now. People who feel lost, who have tried to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, but just don't know how to heal their own brokenness. God, I pray right now that you would give them a new heart, that you would take out their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, a total rebirth, a total new beginning. And God, we know that this is a journey of, of learning how to walk in your ways. But let today be the beginning of that fresh start. Because only you can fix our brokenness. Amen. We've said that for every one of these, um, this series of Meta, we want to give you an image and a phrase. So last week it was the tree with, uh, you know, I've made you in my image, which is that beautiful saying uh, in Genesis, where we know we're made in the image of God. But this is the reminder of our, our brokenness and the consequences of sin, which is a serious thing in God's eyes. And that's a cross. And the verse is Genesis 3.19. From dust you came, and to dust you will return. We need to keep in mind our humanity and how much we need God. Next week, we're going to be looking at the amazing story of Abraham, which is the step three of our meta narrative. And uh, there's some scriptures that are on the screen. Um, I would love you to, to read those during the week, maybe use the SOAP method to just delve into them deeply, just to hear what God is saying to you. And uh, be with us next week for Abraham.